Hi, and welcome to The Why Between the Lines. I'm your host, Natalie Sia, and in this podcast, we explore the why behind what people do. Whether it's a business, a job, or a passion, we want to know the story behind it all. Earlier this year, Refresh Marketing began partnering with Chiquita Searle, the founder of PR agency Chiquita & Co. And since then, she's been providing us and our clients with expert PR guidance. But that's not all that she does. Chiquita is also the founder and designer of Chiquita Eyewear and the co-founder of FemCon, a community designed to inspire women to step into their full-force feminine power. It was an absolute delight to hear her share about how she built her agency eight years ago, despite not having any relevant experiences at the start. Also, how she overcame the difficult patches and what to do when we feel like we don't have all the answers. Hi, Chiquita, and welcome to the show. Hi, Natalie, and thanks so much for having me. Now, you've got several businesses under your belt. Of course, you've got FemCon. Can you tell me more about what that is and why you started it? So FemCon is the newest baby in the bunch, and we've had it about for about just over 15 months now. So coming out of lockdowns here in Melbourne, I was feeling a little bit, because I'm obviously self-employed, so I work from home, and I have done so for probably around eight years now, and working from home, being self-employed, it can be quite isolating and lonely. And I haven't, hadn't been part of a community or a female specific community for a very long time. And I realized through COVID that I really, really missed it. Um, I used to be a part of a group called the League of Extraordinary Women. And oh, since- nice name. Yeah, no, it's a great name. It's a great name, great group. And I, when I left, I it took me a long time to realize that a little piece of my heart was missing. And I think that's because I'd missed being a part of a female mm. community. And yeah, so I decided to start my own and I roped my best friend Shani into it. I said to her sort of end of it was 2021, I said, I think we should do an event. And it hadn't really formulated too much in my mind other than I love events. I have an events background and I wanted it to be for women. And it just kind of came together. I thought of the, the name FemCon and it started out just being an event. And because I think post-COVID, we were all exhausted of Zooms and the online community. We wanted to be face-to-face. And and I don't think you can really connect with someone until you're in a room with them. I think there's the energy and the electricity and the atmosphere. There's so much more that you get out of being in a room together than you can online. It is very different. It's hugely different. And I just missed it. I just missed being with women and being out of the house, (laughs) essentially. And uh, yes, I roped Shani in and we did our first event in August 2022. And then we had a second event, which was a long lunch for Valentine's Day. It was a Feminine Affair Galentine's Day edition. And that was in February this year. And we're gearing up for our next conference, which is a full day event uh, on the 28th of October here in Melbourne. And the theme is Be Bold and Take Action. And it's specifically around female entrepreneurship. Mm. So how did you get people coming to the event? Uh, The first one, it was hard work because it was a new brand. We were untried, untested. And post-COVID, I think people were a little bit gun shy about going back to events. Mm. And so, yeah, we ended up, um, we did get about 220 women in the room, but it took a lot of work and a lot of effort. And we did give away a lot of tickets as well. That's for the first event? That was for the first event. And the second event sold out. So that was 100 tickets. So that delighted us (laughs) because we weren't sure how it was going to go. Because you never know. You just don't know how it's going to be received. 
And uh, this one we hope to have around 300 women in the room. So can people sign up to the community or something? Not yet. We do want to have a membership in the future, but we're still doing this part-time. It's still a bit of a side hustle. I have my PR business that is my full-time gig. It pays all the bills, plus I do my eyewear. So FemCon is very much still a passion project on the side and we're still in the startup phase. So we do, and there's only two of us working on it part-time at this point. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And yeah, so we, we hope to offer memberships in the future, hopefully maybe in even October launch it, but it's just, there's just so much to do still. Mm. And I hope, yeah, I hope to, because I think membership is really important, feeling a part of something, but um, we just aren't at that point yet, I don't think. Mm. So what do you like most about this community that you've built so far after the two events? Um, oh, I just, I love events and I love female focused events. And I think part of my purpose in life is to inspire women to be bold and take action. And that's co- <laughs> coincidentally the theme of this, this uh, conference. Um, but I just think that it's women connect best when we're in a room together. And I think the modern woman has so many different facets to her. And so we hope to do lots of different types of events across other spheres. And it just happens that this one's around entrepreneurship and pursuing your passion and working out how to monetize it. We've got an e-commerce panel, a panel around money, um, and we've got some brand activations and things like that. So what do I love about it, Natalie? I don't know. I just think I just love events. I love women and I I just love community. And I think I want to, because I couldn't find a community that really suited me. Um, so I decided to create my own. And that's usually how the best things happen. Well, I couldn't find it for myself. So why not do it for yourself? Yeah, exactly. And I know you're, because I went to the website and the tagline is inspiring women to embrace their full force feminine power. And I love that so much. I love that too. And essentially what that means to us is inspiring women to realize their full potential. Because I think there's this quote and which every time I look at it, I think, oh God, it's terrifying. Because I think it says the definition of hell is when the person you are meets the person you could have been. And uh, every time I think about that, I think, Chiquita, you've got so much potential and there's so many things, you're only partway through your life. There's so many things, other things you should, you can be doing and you, you have no, you're nowhere near realizing your full potential. And I think that other people might feel the same. And that's one of my greatest fears, not realizing my full potential in this lifetime. So hopefully by being a part of the community, other women will be inspired to move, take action towards what they want to do in their life and the life they want to live. Mm. The image that comes to my mind is always like a graveyard and you know how people say like the graveyard is where the most potential is and that scares me too. But I think it's it's true, isn't it? Because mm. I asked my mum recently, she's aging, sorry Sherry, um, <laughs> she's nearing 70 and I said to her, are you happy with what you've achieved in this life? And she said, God, no. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be in that position. And we are so fortunate this generation, we've got access to so much, so many tools. Uh, everything is at our disposal. Everything's at our fingertips. We've got literally no excuses. I don't think if we want to make something happen, we can find the tools to do it. Do you think you are that person? Like anything you, you think you want to do, you can go for it? Yes. I think one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave us was really solid self-belief. They were very much about education, getting a good job or make, you know, finding something that you really enjoy doing and learning how to make money out of it. And they've always 
instilled in us that you can do whatever you want. So in our household, we had two girls and one boy and there was no distinction between the sexes. It was, we were all in it together. We all had the same opportunity. We were all able to do the same things. And so, yeah, I just never, it never occurred to me to think that I couldn't do whatever I wanted. And that is something that I think is really special about how we were raised because I don't know if everyone else has had access to that same theory. And I feel very fortunate that we did have. Well, you are the best person then to kick off FemCon and encourage all the women to embrace their full power. So now I want to talk about your PR agency, because as you said, that's your main bread and butter. And tell me more, because I think um, it's, it also has a focus on women um, business owners and entrepreneurs. It does. And for the first time ever, because I've had it for about eight years now, and for the first time ever, I only have female clients and I am so excited by that. And I hope that that's going to be a trend that continues. And because we have five pillars, we call it the power of five. And we that, that combination is exclusive to us. There's no other agency that I'm aware of in Australasia who does these, these particular pillars. And it's, so it's PR, it's talent management, awards, partnerships, and also events. And so we work with CEOs, entrepreneurs, leaders who want to raise their profile across two or three of those pillars. Was it an intentional thing to just go for women clients or did it just happen? Completely accidental. I mean, I fell into PR. I didn't actually choose it. So when I left um, my role at the league, I was just freelance copywriting for 12 months because I had no direction. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And just one of my clients who was a female CEO of a real estate franchise said to me, can you do our, our media for us? And I just said, well, I don't know how to, but if you're willing to pay me to learn then I am, then I will, I'm happy to. And she said, okay. And then I just started with her. So I started with a female client and so I stuck, and I, because I hadn't come from agency background, I didn't really know, I definitely didn't know what I was doing, but I also didn't have a model to follow. So I just kind of created my own as I went. And so it was PR. We did her awards. We wrote, put together her speaking deck. We sent her out for speaking gigs. Um, we did events for Empowered Women in Real Estate. So we just did all these other things and it just sort of has, I guess, flowed from there into that core pillar. And we worked with sponsorships and partnerships and yeah. And I think just by not, cause I always struggle with imposter syndrome and confidence, not having come from the agency background. And I always thought I just can't be as good as someone who came from agency because obviously they've been trained well, they've been mentored. I just don't have access to that. So how do you overcome that? Well, it's been in the last sort of two years that I've been able to turn a corner and because I've been able to reframe it in my mind because now I've realised my positioning is unique because I haven't come from agency. So my positioning is the five pillars that is a unique combination that no one else does. And now I'm attracting the right clientele, they're female, they're leaders, they're entrepreneurs, they're CEOs. And they, they want sort of two, three, four of these pillars and we're this one-stop shop that they can just outsource it to and just set and forget and we get the work done. So you fell into it, but you've been it for eight years. Yeah, I'm still surprised. I'm still standing. <laughs> well, so you must be doing something right. But what is your motivation? That's what I'm more um, curious about to keep going. Um, because I've been able to align it to my bigger goal, which is to help people realise their full potential. So what I do is actually very powerful in terms of if you want to create a public profile, if you want to raise the profile of yourself and your business, these are the core pillars that you would use to do so. And that is helping people realize their full potential. So that works for me. And because I'm working with women, again, that works for me. That's right in my wheelhouse. And so FemCon is a natural extension of who I am. My agency now is a natural, natural extension of who I am. 
And I think when you can align your vision with your business back to who you are personally and what matters inherently to you, then I think you're, it's going to give you the, the motivation to keep going even when it gets tough because it does get tough. Mm, so when it gets tough. So that's another one of my question because everything gets tough after a while. How do, you, how do you overcome these challenges and how do you keep yourself going? Well, I tell myself that ebbs and flows. So I, it's the 80-20 rule, I believe. You can't be on 100% of the time. You can't be flowing and productive and efficient and getting shit done for 100%. But if you can do it for 80 and if there's a, you know, inflow for 80 and in ebbing for 20, I think that's, a, that's fine. And I think if any business owner can get to that point where they feel like they're making inroads, even if it's small, and some days when I haven't wanted to work, and have really struggled with my motivation and my drive, I have gotten to my desk and I sat down and I'll just write down three things. I'm a big list builder, so I'll just do three things and I will tick those three things off and my commitment to myself for that day when when I'm in an ebb is just get these three things done. Mm -hmm. I do those three things and then I'm giving myself permission to walk away. But often when I do those three things, I'm in the zone then and I'm realising, oh, actually I could do this little bit and I could do this here and I could do this here. And then all of a sudden... The day's gone and I forgot, I forgot that I could stop after those three things. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just have to be kinder to ourselves as well. I think as women, maybe some men as well, but um, I think we tend to be really hard on ourselves. I do as well. I think, I do believe that we, women particularly care very deeply about what other people think of us. And I think when we can learn to give zero fucks about what other people think, I think that puts us in a, a much more powerful position to actually take that, that, the weight of that pressure off and that expectation and learn to please ourselves and to do things for ourselves. And if we can learn to do that and just not worry so much about other people and prioritise ourselves, I think we'll be in a much happier position. Do you have any tips on how to do that, how to achieve that? not caring about what other people think. Well, Natalie, um, yes, I do. I would really benefit from that. Please, thank you. Well, I've been really fortunate because when I grew up, I was um, teased a lot because I had weird hair. And so I was fuzzy wuzzy, was a bear. Fuzzy wuzzy had lots of hair. great hair. Well, I've got, you know, the big fro. And in I, I got called cabbage at school and I had all myriad of nicknames because of my hair. And then I'm, I wore glasses and, I'm, you know, I, was, I had a weird name. Um, so, you know, I just have had been able to build a thick skin through childhood and I think that's stood me in good stead, but it just doesn't occur to me to actually think about what other people are thinking of me. I just think that everyone is so self-involved. I think we give too much credit to someone else and what they're really thinking about. No one's paying attention to us. And once we realize that no one is paying attention, it gives us a lot of freedom to just do what you want. Um, but I also think um, owning your own shit is also good. So controlling your own narrative, understanding who you are as a person, where your strengths are, where your flaws are, and identifying those quickly and owning them. And I think once you can own your shit, there's a level of self-acceptance that comes with that as well. And once you learn to love and accept yourself for who you are and really like yourself as a person, there isn't really much anyone else can say or do to ruffle your feathers. And ultimately the only opinion that, I care about is my own. And yeah, I just, it doesn't occur to me to actually give too much credence to anyone else's opinions because it's their opinions. It's based on their, their belief system, their values, their experiences, and none of those reflect mine and they're entitled to their opinion, but I'm also entitled to, to 
to not listen and to disregard that at will, which I will do. Mm. I love that. And also like what people think of us, it's out of our control. And also it's none of our business. Isn't that a saying? What someone else thinks of me is none of my business. Mm. And I prefer just not to know. I don't solicit feedback. I don't ask for advice. I run my own race. I've got no interest in what anyone else thinks. Um, I've got my, I'm an intelligent person. I'm an adult. I've got my own agency. I'll make my own decisions and that's really the end of it. <laughs> that's really, really good. I love that. Now you also have an eyewear business as you I were do. mentioning and I can see you are wearing really lovely glasses. Do you want to tell me how that came about? Uh, yeah, I will. And I'll tell you, honestly, it came out of, about out, out of fear. So in, um, and I also, I love eyewear, but that was a kind of a byproduct of this, this situation that happened. So when it was um, mid 2018, I was going really well in my PR agency and within, I think it was June, 2018. And within 10 days, I lost 80% of my income. So oh. it went from a really vibrant growing agency to literally, you know, I had to put off all my contractors. I had to, I had some um, clients who have, were struggling with cash flow. They weren't paying bills. And yeah, and I just fell apart. I actually had a nervous breakdown. And um, I just didn't have anything left in the tank. And so I, I had two remaining clients. I, let, I paid off all my invoices. I finalized all the contractors. I let everyone go. I shut down the business. I let them for about three months. And it was really, really scary because it was the first time I've really suffered mental health issues. And so I was crying every day. I really, really struggled to get back on track. And so I took three months off. And in that three months, I realized that being single and only having one source of income was actually a very risky position to be in financially. And I decided that I would start a second business and I figured that e-commerce was um, a good option because it was a growing, a burgeoning industry in Australia particularly. And yeah, I decided I went with eyewear initially because it was a high profit margin. They were cheap to post. They were small and compact, easy to store. And yeah, I ended up going across Hong Kong, finding a manufacturer, doing a quick e-commerce course and launched the Sunnies and then COVID hit. Oh. about four or five months later. And so then I went into blue light eyewear because obviously we're on our devices for 12, 13 hours a day now and we're not protecting our eyes from blue light. So I launched the blue light and because I had all the systems and processes and the manufacturing set up and I already had the packaging and the branding and the website. So I just thought, well, I'll segue and did the blue light eyewear and um, and they can you can put prescription lenses in it because I'm blind as a bat. So I've got <laughs> prescription in mind and quite a lot of my clients actually buy these to put their prescription lenses in. So yeah, so that was where it all sort of started because I was terrified of only having one source of income. Mm, but that's brilliant because you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, yes, yes. I think as women, we should always protect ourselves financially. And yeah, I mean, but again, e-commerce, it's um, but also the, the eyewear has become a bit of a side hustle as well because the PR has now picked up again. We're doing Femcon and it's now taken a little bit of a backseat. Yeah. So now with these three things that's fighting for your attention and time, which one of these hold a bigger piece of your heart? Oh... Uh, I would say Femcon. I love Femcon. I love the community. I love events. I just love everything everything, the fun brand, the pink. Pink's my favorite color. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just love it. But I also really love my agency now that I've been able to reframe it and to feel confident, get over the imposter syndrome, work with female clients, have the core pillars. My confidence has skyrocketed over the last couple of years, but it took a long, long time to get to that point. But yeah, Femcon's definitely the passion project. Mm -hmm. So how do you celebrate your wins? Oh, that's a really good question because I think we don't, do we? 
We, yeah, we don't. We don't stop. We don't do and that enough. We don't. We, oh, I can't even tell you, Natalie, that I do. I, when I think about it, I don't think that I do really. Oh, okay. Well, this is a, this is a good, that's <laughs> an anticlimactic response, but I was just thinking, um, cause I think we set goals cause I've been thinking about this recently, um, because I think we are very goal when you're entrepreneurial, or you have your own business or you're driven in your career, you set goals. And once we have achieved that goal, I realized that it doesn't feel the way you think it will feel. I think that we have this expectation that it's going to feel a certain way and we're going to um, be euphoric with joy or we're going to feel so much pride. Or, But in the reality, you get to that goal and it's just another day. Mm. And you think, oh, well, and then you set the next goal and you move on. And I realized that it's more about enjoying the process of getting to the goal. It's actually not achieving the goal per se. It's just enjoying the process to get there. Mm. So what would you say, looking back your career so far, what's your proudest achievement Still being in PR eight years later with literally no training and being able to position it in this unique way. And I think Femcon as well, being able to start something like this and it still be going and the two of us only working on it part-time and putting it together. Um, yeah, no, I think it's both of those things I'm pretty, pretty proud of. Do you think your why has changed or evolved over the years from the time you started or do you think it has pretty much remained the same? I think it's clarified. I think my why is around these last couple of years because I put lockdown to good use. I actually did a lot of personal and professional development during that time. And it was really clarifying in that it clarified that I want to help people. And I think when you know your why, generally it's in service to a group of people. And my group of people are women and probably the modern progressive entrepreneurial woman and someone who wants to live their full potential and someone who wants to aspire and do big things and, and grow and challenge the status quo, make some uncommon choices along the way. And I think that clarifying that has been really good because it's clarified the why in my, both my businesses and it's kind of aligned it for me in that that's my group of people, that's who I want to service. And so all my positioning and my decisions in the businesses are geared towards towards them. So I think, yeah, clarifying who your people are and how you service them is actually really closely attached to your why. And once you can understand that, I think it helps you determine what your offering will be. Has there ever been any moment where you doubted your why or, or you just wonder if that was oh the God, right? I was lost at sea for years, <laughs> completely lost and oh, yeah, go on, years. <laughs> <laughs> so probably between the years of 2015 to 2020, I was completely directionless. I had lost my sense of self and purpose. I was really struggling with motivation. I did not feel confident because I just had the PR business at that point. I was, I was deep in imposter syndrome. I was experiencing anxiety every day. It was huge, uh, huge in terms of my mental health and just, uh, yeah, no, it was a lot happening. Um, but it, it took me a long time to kind of find my footing again. And once I, but now that I feel quite short footed and I've got both feet on the ground and I'm confidently striding forward, but for a long time I was in all sorts and it took, and that's the thing, we put so much pressure on ourselves to know all the answers and to be on track all of the time. And I just think that's a, I think it's a fallacy. I don't, I just think that's an unrealistic expectation and so much pressure we put on ourselves. And sometimes we are going to be lost. Sometimes we're not going to know the answers and we need to be able to sit in that discomfort 
And that's really, really hard. I struggle to, I'm a control freak. I like to be in control. So when I don't know the answers, I can't find the solution. I struggle. It's so uncomfortable. But I learned that you just have to sit in that discomfort and then the solution will kind of come and sometimes out of left field. Well, and I wonder if it's like we've been saying this um, since the beginning that women tend to be quite hard on ourselves. And you've also written an article for Mamma Mia where you said women should have more ego. And I love that article. Can you tell me more about your thoughts on that? Like why women should not be too humble. Oh, I can't stand the word humble. <laughs> At the start of that article, because I've never been humble or modest. And I remember I started that article actually because I remember my paternal grandmother had said to me once, Chiquita, you could do with a bit more humility. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, thanks, Nana. And um, yeah, I just have never, um, I think we have to be our own champions, our own advocates. And I think I've never struggled with um, ego. I've always had a really big ego and what you need with ego though is self-awareness in that you need to be able to manage it. And, (laughs) but I think ego is, I'm not suggesting that we, you know, become arrogant caricatures of ourselves and be completely, you know, off on tangents of delusions of self-grandeur or whatnot. I just think that we need to have a healthy dose of ego because that's what's going to get us through the tough times. We need to sort of back ourselves, advocate for ourselves, build that resilience muscle because that's what ego is. It enables us to get back up and keep trying when we don't want to. If we have no ego, I mean, what is going to galvanize us forward? I mean, and the thing is women are taught to be very self-deprecating. We're taught to pass it off as a team effort. We're not taught to accept compliments well. We're we're always, you know, you've heard of all the little girls should be seen and not heard and Mm. no one likes to show off and don't don't be too big for your boots. And I've heard all of that my whole life and – it's just, I just don't care. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you I'm the most self-involved, egotistical person I know, and my mum will tell you the same. But the thing is, I don't mind that because that has that ego has enabled me to keep going when otherwise I might have given up. It's enabled me to start businesses and industries I have known nothing about. It's enabled me to, um, yeah, to, to have some self-belief in myself and know that I will find the tools. And I think, I guess having a healthy ego basically just means believing in yourself and acknowledging that you're good at what you're good at. And I think- Yes, and what's wrong with that? Yeah, I think a lot of times when people say be humble, it's really like an excuse to put yourself down and just focus on your weakness instead of strength. I think telling people to be humble is a way of not putting you down, but a way of putting you back in your place. Mm. So don't get too big for your boots and don't get ahead of yourself and- I don't know. And, and people really struggle with confident women and I don't actually know why. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. Maybe they're insecure. <laughs> well, that's a reflection of themselves though. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's a them problem. And if you don't have confidence, I think that's something you can work on yourself. And I would certainly encourage that, you know, work that ego muscle. That was Chiquita Soul sharing her story as the founder of PR agency Chiquita & Co., and the growing community FemCon. If you'd like to learn more about her businesses, I've put all her website links in the show notes. The Why Between the Lines is produced by Refresh Marketing. And if you have a story you'd like us to help you tell, whether through this podcast or our copywriting services, get in touch with us through the link in the show notes. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and do consider leaving a review or a rating if you enjoyed today's interview. Thanks again for listening.